0: We are starting off uh, a week two of our Mission-Minded series. We're going to be in the book of Acts this morning in a a little bit, so I would invite you to turn there if you do have your Bibles with you. If you don't, there's Bibles in one of the chair bottom racks in front of you. Uh, The Bible's there. We're going to be on page 1,693. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2 today. And we're having this mission-minded series because something that we believe is that when we step into a new full life that Christ provides us, that we also step into new purpose and new mission, and a part of that is having a new vision for how we see the world around us, what we spend our time doing, um, what we put our energy towards, is that new life also equals New purpose. And a lot of times we use the word mission to describe uh, those purposeful things. Um, we are also in this new life given a new mind. So we start even thinking differently. We start associating and attaching different values. Maybe it's more valuable to do this now instead of that based on what Christ has done for me. There is a verse of scripture that we looked at last week. We're going to look at it again this week and in the weeks to follow, a verse that I would encourage you to commit to memory if you can, um, a verse that really does its best at summarizing what is our mission as people who follow Christ and as the local church, and it comes from the Gospel of Mark chapter 16, and it says, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. This is kind of one of the verses in the New Testament that really summarizes, really narrows down, hey, what is our mission as people who follow Christ, but also as the local church, the family of people that follow Christ together. And we started things off last week by talking about how we're supposed to proclaim the good news. We, we, we talked about the good news for a little bit, but then we talked about how it needs to be proclaimed. And what we centered on was Jesus' own life, which was a ministry that did not use condemnation as a tactic to proclaim the good news. And so we talked about how when we engage with people in life, when we have opportunities to share good news, that we are to do so without any condemnation. And if we were to do that, then we would be emulating Christ as well. But today, we're going to talk about a a bit of a buzzword, and that word is community. Uh, That's going to be our theme this morning and next week as well. We're going to spend two weeks talking about community. And it's a bit of a buzzword because it can mean a variety of things. And for the sake of time and for the sake of our discussion, I'm just going to be clear of what we're talking about and not necessarily what we're not talking about, hoping hoping that the clarity kind of does its job. But when we say community here, for the purposes of this discussion, we're talking about Christian community. And I have an elongated definition, and I have a very short definition. Uh, The short one is on the screen, is that people with changed lives live to see other lives changed. Um, When we're talking about Christian community, that is what we are talking about is that it's a group of people with changed lives living together to see other lives changed. But this is my elongated definition because uh, I like language and words and and I'm a bit of a geek sometimes. So when we look at that, this is what we could also mean. That uh, Christian community is an alternative society made up of those who have chosen to follow Christ and live under his lordship, allowing the good news of Christ to directly influence their outlooks and purpose in the world. How about that for for some kind of Webster Dictionary definition, right? It's, It's people with changed lives, people that lives have already been changed by the good news of Christ, allowing that good news to directly influence their outlook and purpose in the world, working and living together to see other lives changed, By the same good news. That is what we are talking about when we talk about Christian community. And the good news, once again, is that God has come to earth in the person of Christ. And in so doing, has revealed his magnificent love for all people. And as a result, life is not the same. No one is out. Everyone is in. Everyone is is a part of one family. Love wins, forgiveness wins, generosity wins, resilience wins. That is the good news, is that each and every human being is loved by God. Of course, this good news is most real to those who are hearing it for the first time. Perhaps you could recall the first time you heard that kind of a gospel. The first time you heard that there was a God, that you believed in that God, and that that God loves you exactly the same way as he loves everyone else, regardless of what you have done, regardless of what someone else has done, and that his love in our lives begins to rebuild some of the brokenness in our lives. But could you imagine hearing that news for the first time ever? Which brings us into the book of Acts. The first time that anyone had heard this kind of good news because this good news only exists in a resurrection of our God in the person of Christ. So the book of Acts is our fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. We call it Acts because it talks about the acts of the apostles, their behaviors, the things that they did. These were a people that were the first people shaped by the good news. And centuries have happened since then where the church forms and builds and grows and and people's lives are continued to shape around this good news. But we have a very small window. We have a bit of a picture into what Christian community looked like for the very first time, the very first time the good news was shared. You with me? That's what we get to see in Acts chapter 2. Verses 42 through 47. I'm going to read that. You can follow along with me. And we're also going to have the scripture on the screen as well. This is what it says. So it starts off with the word they. We're talking about these first group of believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed By the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this is a bit of a picture into what Christian community looked like the very first time that a group of people had the gospel. They had the gospel message, and the apostles that journeyed with Jesus had an idea of what life was supposed to look like. They had spent about three years with them, and so They had a bit of a clue, and this is how they organized themselves. As a group, as a family, as a society, so not necessarily a family that all lived in one house, but that somehow, some way, there was a family that was made up of people with different last names, living on different street corners, living in different neighborhoods, different villages, and now different countries around the world. This is how they organized themselves. And there's a lot of exciting things that happened in this passage. They devoted themselves to rhythms. There are signs and there's wonders. There's things in common. They're giving to people in need. They had glad and sincere hearts. They enjoyed the favor of all of the people. Very exciting passage. And it really is just a snapshot into what Christian community looked like. And this is a really good picture. And if we were to really sit with those words, this actually is easily transferable to today. Uh, we can do all of those things. If we, if we chose to put our time and energy towards those, we can meet in each other's homes. We do that from time to time. We, we eat together, we hang out together, we pray. And, and you may even notice that there are some people in your life that aren't a part of a church that somehow have seen an element about your life and they're intrigued by it. That's what's happening here when they are enjoying the favor of all of the people is that the result of their Christian community mean that they made friends even with people who weren't in the community yet. That's what's happening here. Today's message could simply be do those things more, (laughs) right? And then we could pray and leave. Just have more meals together and things like that. But I don't want to do that. It's a little bit too easy. Um, And that's not very compelling, right? Just do this more. I want to talk about the overarching approach to Christian community life. The overarching approach, the overarching rhythm. And we do that with two words, the words gather and scatter. And there's a picture here that I want to show you. You see the arrows, different colored arrows going in and out. Um, we're going to talk about gathering and scattering for the next two weeks, today and next week. Today we're really going to be talking about the gathering piece of things. But, but what we're hoping to communicate here with, with this picture and the way that we talk about it is that this is the overall rhythm of those who live in Christian communities. And if we were to really closely observe life, it's a very natural order of things. Our lungs expand and contract. So there's, there's some imagery there, even with what happens physically to our bodies, that, that there is a going out and that there is a coming back in. There's a gather and a scatter. Our, our lungs expand and contract. Um, we have uh, sunrises and sunsets. There is a natural order. God created in a natural order. Uh, Things are planted, they live, they die, they grow again, live, die, grow again. Seasons change a bit more rapidly here in the Midwest than in other places, but we do have seasons. We have patterns in our lives. It's the same exact thing with Christian community, people marked by love, what it means to be the church is to gather with purpose and scatter with purpose. Gather with purpose and scatter with purpose. None of those beautiful things that we just read about in Acts chapter 2 are possible or sustainable. And that's the bigger thing, is sustaining these rhythms Unless there is first a rhythm of gathering and scattering. That was the overall approach that early Christians in Christian community approached all of those good things, the, the meeting together and the, the the dining together and the hanging out and the prayers and everything that we just read about, that all was around this idea, this lifestyle, this umbrella of gathering and scattering. You go to someone's home, then you return to yours. And then you go to their home again, and then you return to yours. But today, I'd like to specifically talk about the gathering side of things. And before I give us a list here, um, I want to say this, is that a gathered people is only as good as its purpose in gathering. I'm going to say that again. A gathered people, us, one room, is only as good as its purpose in gathering. So I'm a bit of a linear thinker. I like lists and progressions and things like that. A lot of you have probably picked up on those things. So I have a list of four what we're going to call isn't, is statements. And we're talking, about, we're talking about mission. We're talking about gathering and scattering. And I want to talk about four isn't, is statements of when it comes to gathering the first one is this and it is what everything else hinges on is that gathering is not the mission but gathering is supportive of the mission this is why this is so important and this is what as a as a newer church as a church that did not exist recently and now exists we really need to think about the fact Is what we do on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. the thing? We really have to ask the question, is this what we put all of the time and energy towards? Is to just do this one thing, but maybe, just maybe, with more people? And I would contend to you this morning that that should not be the case. Is that what happens here supports the overall mission but that this is not, in and of itself, the mission. That's a huge shift. And I, I, I hope you sit with that this week. Because that's a really big shift in thinking. That what we do here is very good. And what we do in this room is, is helpful for me. I hope it's helpful for you as, you as you live your week and scatter and come back and scatter and come back. I mean, there's a reason we're all here So hopefully there's some value to what we do here. But this isn't the end-all be-all. And all of our eggs as a church are not in the basket of pulling this off. It's not the mission, but it supports it. The second is that gathering is not burdensome, but gathering is celebratory. We read about that in the book of Acts. And we talk about it here Perhaps we could say gathering is not designed to be burdensome. But let's be honest that there has been a time where you've been signed up to go, whether it's a, I don't care what gathering it is, a family party, a church thing, uh, some kind of event, and there was a pre gathering, uh, <laughs> a pre gathering sigh, we could call that, right? And, and what's being said in that sigh, I don't really want to go. I don't want to see who's going to be there or at least someone who's going to be there. Man, I got a whole lot of other things that I could do. And let's be honest, maybe this is how you have viewed church before. It's a bit of a burden. This is what I want to say though, is that we have a vision in scripture of a gathering that consisted of glad hearts, (laughs) sincere hearts. Temperaments where people entered into a space and all they could do was praise God. And when they did that a bit more consistently, they enjoyed favor of strangers. It can be celebratory. What we do here can be celebratory. That's a vision we have for isn't is. Here's the third one. Is that gathering is not extracurricular, but gathering is life-giving. I want you to know that we will begin to see beautiful things happen when any kind of gathering that we do, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's over at the Dream Center on a Sunday night or a Tuesday night, or some other kind of gathering that we would have here, when we can move from a place of I'll be there if I can to I am there, we will begin to see beautiful, beautiful things take place. We will begin to see more glad and sincere hearts. We will begin to see us being able to enjoy the favor of people we don't even know yet, when we can make the shift in our minds that gathering isn't extracurricular, isn't something that I can do if I can, but that it is life-giving. Where we view what we do here, for example, on a Sunday morning as life-giving. Where there is almost a give and a take that experiences. Where, where there's perhaps something that the larger family of God can offer you by just being with the family of God, that this becomes life-giving, not extracurricular. I promise you, if we can do a little bit less pre-gathering size, (laughs) and if we can say, not I'll be there if I can, but if we're going to gather, I'm there, then we will begin to see beautiful things. I'm wondering if there's a way where our witness as Christians can be so significant. Think about how life works for a lot of people. What if our lives more so revolved around gathering with others instead of the opposite? Right now, I feel that a a main pattern in the culture that we find ourselves implanted in is I will get together with friends if I can, if my work schedule allows it, if, if my family schedule allows it. I, I'll, I'll get together. I'll, I'll do it if I can. Can you imagine the witness of a group of people of any size who said no to some things because they had to get together with their brothers and sisters in Christ? That is a significant, significant witness. It really, really is. Here's the fourth of four. Gathering is not a strategy, but gathering is our witness. What we just talked about. Gathering together is evidence that we are changed people. Witnessing to the world that because of Christ, we schedule differently. A lot of times we talk about the good news and talk about, yes, our sins are forgiven, and they are. And perhaps because of the love of God, a relationship in your life has been restored. Praise the Lord, because that's what we believe. But what if also the gospel affected how we schedule, where we spent our time, the different areas in our life where we went all in, which is one of our values here at Reachway Church, is going all in. We invest our time differently. We value each other differently. We value our time together differently. Hopefully this chart's helpful. Christian community is one of the primary means in which God forms us into the image of Christ. I want to put Christian community up on par with some other things. Just to kind of paint the picture, there are many benefits and reasons why we do things like read scripture, like we pray, like we receive communion. Those three things very significantly form us into the image of Christ. I would present to you that living in Christian community does similar things, it's that the benefits, of growth that you would experience in praying or reading Scripture or responding like we do with communion, the same benefits can be had in gathering in Christian community. It's one of the primary means where God forms us into the image of the Son. Why is that? Well, because you're around other Christians. You're around other people that are working just as hard as you to be formed into the image of the Son. That's a really beautiful thing. And like osmosis, like becoming just who you're around, for really beautiful reasons and in beautiful ways is the same thing with Christian community. We grow in grace, and we grow in forgiveness, and we grow in holiness when we spend time with the family of God. Community is also, in addition to that, a means in which people naturally enter the family of God for the first time. And it's this, this, this thought that I give you the word relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. In that passage in Acts that we read, in the same breath, we read about enjoying the favor of strangers and God adding to their numbers, we read that in the same breath, that a measure or something that happened as a result of the gathering, as a result of the witness of scheduling differently, is that numbers were added to, And we know based on the ministry of Jesus, us finding him at dinners with tax collectors and these, these people that were pushed out to the margins, what we learn as it was a... It was around those gatherings where they were eating together, where they were hanging out together, spending time together. That was the primary entry point for people who were not yet in the community of God to enter the community of God. If I was someone who wasn't in the rhythm of going to church on a Sunday morning, 10 times out of 10... I would rather go to someone's house for dinner than go to a church on a Sunday morning. I mean, let's be honest. That's exactly how it was. It was all about relationships. It's a really lovely quote that I'd like to share with you. It comes from a guy named Tim Tim Keller, who is a church planner in New York. Really, really mission-minded guy. When we're talking about the discussion of the intersection of mission and community, which is what today's discussion is, we're mission-minded and we're talking about community, Tim Keller says it really, really well. This is what he says. Is that the real secret of fruitful and effective mission in the world is the quality of our community. He really nails it there. Is that as a church, if we are desiring fruitful and And effective mission, which is what this entire series is about, is our mission. It is going to begin and end with the quality of our community. What Keller is saying is that before the mission can be expressed and fully realized out there, it must happen in here. If we, people who are already marked by the love of Christ, can't nail christian community then we have no business inviting others in (laughs) i'm not hey i'm not going to invite you to a housewarming party if my house is only half built i'm I'm not going to invite you in to uh, something that i do only half well we have no business risking the souls of others by inviting them into something that does not function well but here's the thing is that we can do Christian community really well because we already do it really well. I want you to know that. Is that this is something that is so achievable. This is something that we do. And here's why. Is because I have known the people of Reach Way Church, you all, to be a very flexible and very willing people. And, and we look for those things before we look for, do you just have the time in your calendar? Because what I believe to be true about you all is that you're willing to do stuff. You're, you're willing to do things that, that you haven't done before. Evidence of the fact that Reachway Church exists in this facility and in this neighborhood is because there was a group of people, and they all still show up to this place, that were willing to do something differently that they had done it before. And look what God has done as a result. I wonder what God could do as a result of our continued willingness and our continued flexibility. Where Christian community can become a marker in our lives that is more profound than other markers in our lives. We already have a track track record as a people who are willing to go all in, who are willing to try, and all the while won't give up. We've got the track record. We're marked by resilience. So, with all of this in mind, I would actually like to announce a new rhythm that we're going to enter into as a church. And it's, it's just the most complex title you could have ever imagined for an event. Ready? Neighborhood Dinner. That's what, that's what we're going to do. It's kind, kind of mind-blowing, right? Neighborhood Dinner. I think we have a slide, Timothy, for, for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a new rhythm that we're going to start is neighborhood dinner. Right now we have two primary rhythms as a church. Sunday mornings at 10 is a rhythm that we're in and prayer gatherings at the Dream Center on Sunday nights, the fourth Sunday of the month. On the second Sunday night of the month, we are going to have neighborhood dinner. And I want to give you just a little bit of a glimpse of what this is going to look like. Um, It's going to be a monthly gathering. I believe it's going to be a life-giving celebration. I believe that we will be able to share the blessing with our entire neighborhood. One of our values here at Reach Away is that everyone matters. And if everyone matters, then everyone is invited. (laughs) So here's the deal. We're going to have a lot more details next week. We're going to have invite cards that you can give to others. I want to let you know the list of people that are invited to neighborhood dinner. Anyone on the planet. (laughs) Because keep in mind of the list that we just talked about. This isn't a strategy. I want to be so clear. This isn't a strategy to increase the numbers of this gathering. You with me? If it happens, beautiful, and it just might. But the reason that we're going to do this, the reason that we do this is because we have much to celebrate. Christ informs us and teaches us and invites us into a life where we are always mindful of the fact that we have been given to freely. And because of that, we should freely give. We're invited into a life as people who follow Christ where we're supposed to love others in the same exact manner in which we have been loved by God. And we can do that by just eating a meal together. And we can do that by saying things like, it's free. Because it is. A lot of you give faithfully to this church. And it would be good of us to steward some of those funds into providing a free meal for the church. Um, so this is going to be completely free for anyone who's in the room. And, you know, we, we went back and forth on saying, you know, a dollar for a meal, um, but kids eat free or something like that. And, and we were just kicking it around, and we said, you know what? We've been given so much as a church As a new church, to have a building, to have people who give to it, to have people who show up to it, you know how blessed we are as a new church. You know how freely given, how how much we have received. So we're just going to give it all back. And I believe that what this is going to be above all is a witness that a church can get together, invite people around the other table just because. You know when you're invited to a party, what, what's, the, what's the follow-up question? Well, what's the party for? <laughs> right? We, we gather together with good reason for birthdays or holidays or anniversaries. When was the last time you were invited to someone's house just because? I'm, I'm not getting those kinds of invitations. I would have reason to believe that you're not getting those kinds of invitations either. There's a reason for that. It's because it's unique to Christian community to get together just because. That's exactly what neighborhood dinner is going to become. So if there's someone in your life that goes to another church, great. Could they use dinner on a Sunday night? We're gonna be canvassing the surrounding blocks in our neighborhood. Even since launching, we've already met people in this neighborhood, we're gonna invite them to dinner. Um, There is a neighborhood association that meets at Reachway, the The neighborhood that we're in, its neighborhood association gathers here. We're gonna invite them. Whether they live in the neighborhood or not, they gather here because they care about the neighborhood. And I think we will see some really, really beautiful things start to take place. When we say, we've been given much, so we're going to give much just because. So, a lot more on that next week. Um, Because it's going to be a meal, we're going to create a system in which people can RSVP. um, Not with money, obviously, because it's free, but we just need to know who's going to be here. So, we know how much food to get. So, we're going to provide pathways for you all to RSVP but also people who might not come here on a weekly basis to be able to RSVP as well. But Sunday night, March 10th, is going to be our first. And it's going to be a new rhythm, a rhythm with purpose. And I hope that this becomes a rhythm where we gather with some purpose. Uh, So excited for that. But we are going to respond as a church like we do.